Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson for another episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. I know I keep saying that I'm going to bring on non-Dallas people, but I'm never, in this case, I'm bringing on non-Mads Moneyball people. And the wonderful contributors, uh, editors, they do multiple things at DallasBasketball.com. First, we have Matthew Glatzen and Dalton Trigg, who everyone knows and loves for his unbelievable willingness to stay happy in the face of all upsetting news how are you boys tonight pretty good man uh i mean it's we're kind of we're kind of all getting through this this time together like you said on our pod we did <laughs> earlier you know the the best way through the best way to get over it is to go through it <laughs> mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. to that effect so i'm uh, doing pretty good i mean uh like like you said i uh, i'm kind of able to have a positive perspective to get a positive perspective on things out of pretty much anything so i'm i'm oddly optimistic right now and you know we can get into that a little bit later but i'll i'll defer to matt and matt you're just coming back from uh, an actual vacation which sounds like fun and then you you just leap right into the dallas maverick shitstorm so so how are you yeah, I'm good. I went to a uh, Big Bend over the week over the weekend. And, oh my uh, god! It was it was awesome. I nearly died on my second hike because I'm incredibly out of shape. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I had a blast. I'm just exhausted. I came back and uh, saw all my DMs and uh, was trying to get into that this morning so I could catch up. And then you know work happened and it was just a nightmare today. And I'm tired. But Completely understand that. So if if you're joining us, having not listened to part one of this podcast, you need to go to the Step Back Mavs podcast feed, slam that subscribe button, and then listen to the episode, which I was just on, where we talk about, you know, the, the Harrison and Kid hires. We talk a little bit about kind of the the, the pipe dream of Dame, but we really head on in, into what the three of us settle on as a slightly more realistic option and then pining for Zach Levine, who who might want out of Chicago just because they're a mess. Uh, and then we we finish on on some sort of, you know, trade talk uh, where we're, we're just kind of looking, you know, considering if there are any, you know, distressed assets that might, you know, bring the Mavericks, you know, a draft pick or two, should they decide to take the franchise and, or to, you know, basically say this year we're, we're, we're looking to take a step back. Um, today we're going to talk about a couple of different things that, that really started popping. And I want to say it was Saturday night, uh, where y'all's, uh, podcast feed in, in one of you two, I'm guessing Dalton must've reached out to, to, to Mark Cuban because something strange was going on with the supposed, uh, Nico Harrison Twitter account where he kept saying, I'm going to announce something big. And, you know, all of our kind of alarm bells were up because like the Mavs don't announce anything, but Hey, you know, it's, it's a new guy. Like maybe he has, you know, maybe he's just, you know, screwing with us a little bit playing up to the fans. And it turns out that this uh, Twitter account, which like half the Mavs front office followed. And so did all of the big reporters seemed to uh, be a fake. <laughs> so Dalton, why don't you walk us through what happened there? Cause I think you yeah. guys figured this out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, like you said, it started out with uh, Mark Cuban. He quote tweeted some some account that was like praising the Nico Harrison hire. And so he quote tweeted that. Well, then this account that looks super official, by the way. It really did. Uh, 
uh, replies to Cuban doing that, saying like, "Thanks, Mark, for the opportunity and everything." And we were thinking like, "Oh, okay." And so the first thing you do is go and see who is following this account. And it had like barely a hundred followers at the time. So you're thinking, oh, well, maybe they just created this. Yep. In hindsight, I should have looked at the date when the account was created because that was mm. kind of a, a dead giveaway. It was created in 2014. <laughs> but like you said, you, you had Mark Cuban following the account. You had all these high profile reporters like Mark Stein and Tim McMahon and uh, Brad Townsend. You know, everybody was following him. So in your head, you're thinking this dude is legit. And then he was liking Dame's tweets and Dame was the only non Maverick person that he was following. So, I mean, it was just kind of, it was just kind of crazy. And so when, uh, when he tweeted that last thing about, Oh, going to make an announcement, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to Cuban. And I even talked to uh, Scott Tomlin. And I was like, hey, guys, can can we, like, confirm if this is actually his account or not? And sure enough, both of them came back and were like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> we, we all just got duped. So yeah, it was fun. Which, it's a Saturday night. And so we just come off sort of a week, I don't know, five days of kind of figuring out that we had all, including legacy media, newspaper guys, Big ESPN guys, everyone had essentially been led on a bit of a goose chase about how and what was happening with the Mavericks hire of Jason Kidd. And so I found myself, granted, I had had like three drinks. I had, I found myself so damn annoyed, like not mad enough to actually like, you know, go write something or anything like that, but Days later, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I'm wondering how the the Mavericks sort of expect us to take them seriously if they get duped by a fake account that's supposed to be their new hire. And I was talking with somebody else in media today who, you know, has been around this for a really long time, and he he just said to me, he said, you've got to understand that most of these teams are not near as smart as you'd think they would be. And so it's it, this sort of like little screw ups and stupid things happen all the time. And I guess that I, you know, I'm a cynical bastard and I guess I'm just so shocked that the Mavericks are, are really kind of crappily run. <laughs> I mean, I, I complain Eric. about them all the time, but it just seems so is like, this is real. <laughs> Yeah, we, we should have known what was coming, you know, two years ago when, and I'm so sorry, Matt, I feel like I bring this up every other podcast or on Twitter or whatever, but when it came out, the Mavs had traded for Gordon Project, <laughs> and it came out that they, that they had traded for Gordon Drogic, and then all of a sudden, you know, that, that trade ended up not happening, and it was because of confusion, you know, the, the Heat front office uh, they were under the understanding that uh, the Mavs wanted Drogic and, you know, the, the Mavs came back. And, and you know, now we know that that was probably some kind of, you know, tension between Donnie and Bob Volgaris. But, you know, the fact that uh, the fact that it happened, I mean, we should we should have known then, like, man, st- something isn't right. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? 
Yeah, this just kind of seems like the most Mavs thing ever, doesn't it? I mean, they just they do so many things that just make you scratch your head and laugh and just it's they're not to the level of like the Oakland Raiders or you know some other terrible professional sports franchise because they they are successful like they win games and they won a championship a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But then stuff like this happens. And you're like, what do you like? How how does this happen? I don't know. It, I I missed most of this, thank God, because I probably would have gotten myself in trouble saying something stupid about oh, Mark yeah. Cuban. Yeah, Mav, like, Mav's this, this is a good weekend for me to miss. It was. You would have been big mad, and and it was it was kind of crazy. So today, and it's it's very funny we're talking about this because one of our our contributors at Mavs Moneyball. Ben wrote a piece today entitled the Mavericks dysfunction has been a hallmark of Mark Cuban's ownership. And in this, he really uses a lot of Cuban's own words against them or against him. And he said something that I I just, I want, I want to read this to you. This was from 2014. Mark Cuban actually said out loud, I micromanage you until I trust you. What in the fuck? Like it's one thing to know he he's kind of like overbearing. It's another thing to like read him admitting it. And then we're just sort of in this situation of where, you know, a lot of where we are right now is at Mark Cuban's feet. And there's just to me in our in our media environment, our our peers in Dallas, everyone just sort of accepts this. And because of the kind of site I run, which is purely like fan screaming, you know, Josh, Bo, and Doyle get upset with me because they're actual reporters. But we just we do a lot more fan perspective of Madison Moneyball. We just do. And I just am, am kind of floored by all this because he, you know, he, he just he dis, he he does has such disdain for the customer of, of his product where he just accepts or he sort of thinks and to a certain degree. He's right that that the fans just don't care about a lot of this stuff because they never hear about it. It was like Dame coming out today and saying, "Well, I, I, you know, he basically said to Chris Haynes, um, you know, the 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 Trailblazers never consulted me in in, in coaching hires." And it's like, dude, you're on record saying that you want Jason Kidd or Chauncey Billups. What, what are we talking about here? Like Cuban does that sort of stuff all the time, where he says, "You know, this thing that I said before is something you don't need to pay attention to anymore." And and I just, I don't know, like he's not going away, but I also think that like there could be more talking and sort of shining his own words back against him because I feel that the Mavericks won't make progress until he is a less forward-facing part of the organization. Then the Mavs are never going to make progress. Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm not trying to be like the ultimate Debbie Downer, but no, wait, you're, yeah, it's his team. He's the owner, not the governor. He's based, the owner, right? But based on that quote, that means that I mean, does, he doesn't trust Jason Kidd. He doesn't trust Nico Harrison. Mm-hmm. So that means he's going to control every single thing that happens going forward. Which right? that should be concerning to us because. You know, the Mavericks are on, you know, one thing we we briefly touched on in, in y'all's podcast was the 
Dame Lillard basically not quite yet asking out, but asking out. And when Dame does that, the NBA has a problem on its hands in terms of contracts. And one thing we've not talked about enough is what that could mean about Luca. Everyone from from you know the the top Dallas media person on down sort of assumes that Luca is here for five more years, and that ain't how it that just isn't how it works anymore. And so I just kind of constantly okay. What what I was gonna say is like, how many players off of their first max extension have like forced their way out while having multiple years on that? You know, yeah. you know what I mean. Like coming yeah, off I of do. your co- coming off of your rookie deal and you have that first max extension. I think the only person, and I might, I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only person who has like successfully done that. And he still had two years left on his deal. Was Kyrie Irving? Anthony Davis did it with about a year and a half left. Kawhi did it with a year. I mean, it keeps kind of inching along. And and but my my bigger question is, it's less about whether he could or could not, and more why does it have to get to that point? Can't the Mavericks just stop fucking up? <laughs> is that too much to ask you would think so but <laughs> i mean i i don't know at this point it's kind of like and I, this is kind of going back to your other point about cuban earlier uh saying that uh he likes to micromanage until he trusts you or whatever it's mm-hmm. some of the stuff just doesn't make any sense like we we saw on our uh, twitter timelines today uh where brad townsend said he asked him about the title mm. of uh, <laughs> the title of Michael Finley, if he got a promotion or not. And he was just like, I don't discuss titles. And then you have the Mavs social media accounts tweeting out, <laughs> throwing out everybody's titles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tweeting out, or put, posting on Instagram pictures of Nico Harrison and his official title. <laughs> like, it just, what are we doing? <sighs> that was really funny, by the way. Like that was just like laugh out loud where it's, it's just a reminder that they're a small business owned by a billionaire. It all, it all happened within like two minutes of each other too. That's what made it so funny. (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, and the, the Cuban stuff is so funny because he, he, there were, there's one Twitter account, like it's a Dallas Twitter, but it shows like all sorts of, it was the one that showed like the fight in the parking lot after game three. Um, it's it's that Twitter account that shows like all sorts of Dallas related videos, and there was a video of of Cuban like just like talking to somebody like on the street, and he's given up like oh this is what I think about X Y Z things. He spoke to some club about th- over the weekend. I don't remember who was in like like who it was for, but in his you know it had nothing to do with basketball, and he proceeded to give a bit of of commentary over how KP is who he is, that the Mavericks still need a second score and and implied heavily that Tim Hardaway was not enough. Where, why are you talking about that to those people? 
No one is making you do this. When I wrote about two weeks ago, I wrote a piece that basically just shared a bunch of public like Cuban public comments. And the, the theme over and over again was him stepping in dog shit. Like no one asking him anything. He's like, you know what? Russell Westbrook's not the MVP. Guess who won the MVP? Russell Westbrook. I, I just, I don't understand where, like, like why he continues to think the short-term media hit it, uh, media boost is worth it for the the franchise long term because these people all have long memories and and I know you know, Matt you, Matt said this is it's just like you just got to learn to live with it and I suppose like I I think I, I have to find a middle ground between learning to live with it and then you know maybe bringing it up a little more often that like Cuban just loves to say because you know Mark Stein told me once he's like I'm not going to tell him to stop talking he's a great quote. <laughs> It's like, what in the world? I, I don't know. Right. I, maybe I'm overreacting. No, no. I mean, Mark Stein is is 100% right. You know, if you need a quote, <laughs> something Mavs related from a from a high official, I mean, Cuban is the guy to go to because he's he's so responsive. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of, and I, I'd have to go back and look at this, but, you know, in the early days when, Cuban it was more about you know when he was talking it was to to officials and you know that was a whole big thing and uh the, I feel like the only time in his in his time as Mavs owner where he has actually just not talked <laughs> for for a long extended period of time was in 2011 and they ended up winning a title Right. And and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I'll talk about it for five minutes. But if you don't know why Cuban went away in 2011, I suggest Googling Mark Cuban 2011 investigation. You'll find something that you didn't know about. Um, now, I think it's time we should pivot from me kicking the shit out of the Mavericks to me kicking the shit out of the the big media, uh, uh, you know, empire that we constantly have to deal with in terms of hot takes um two comments yeah. happened today uh one from 105.3 the fan uh brian wins brinhorst gave a interview where he said the following quote i don't know how many people want to play with lucan he can be an irritable guy that was followed up in the same morning on first take with kendrick perkins uh saying that guys don't want to play with luka, luka Doncic because because of how he kind of acts and how he domineers the ball and i flew off the handle when i saw both of these things in succession and i've talked so long dalton let's go to you first because you said something to me like you put this on my radar particularly the the kinder perkins thing and i know we shouldn't pay attention to these guys but they said a lot of the dialogue yeah yeah all these the, the especially ESPN. I mean, they would love nothing more than to have Luka Doncic playing in LA or in New York, you know, Miami, <laughs> you know, anything to create this narrative uh that could potentially accomplish what what their goal is is to push Luka away. You know, that that that's what they're doing. And I hate it. I mean, it's and and you saw it, you know, Brian Windhorst started it, but then you know that somebody forwarded that over to Kendrick Perkins and was like, hey, let's continue pushing this. <laughs> let's continue, you know, uh, making the fire bigger. But it, it's all so dumb. I mean, you can ask every one of Luca's teammates, except for maybe KP, 
<laughs> if they like playing with him and you know the majority of them are going to say yes i mean if, if you play with luca and you're you know a good team player you're going to get wide open shots he's going to find you if you cut to the basket uh he plays with such joy like there's just there's nothing about him when i watch him play a game i, I like i've never once aside from kp again i have never once watched a Mavs game with Luca playing and said, oh, his teammates don't seem like they're having a good time with him. That's just, it's it's absolutely ludicrous to me. It pissed me off too. And I mean, I just, I can't believe it's kind of like that, uh, I don't, you know, uh, Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman. It's kind of like uh-huh. that little clip from Breaking Bad where Jesse Pinkman's like, he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> you know? It's like, what? how do these guys just keep, keep getting away with such ludicrous claims with no basis to it. I, it's just, it's unreal to me. Matt, okay. you were unaware of all this. You were all uh, until about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I've said, well, so. no. I, I, I had heard about uh, Brian Windhorse cause I, I work at one Oh five through the fan. And I was, I was listening to that segment. Um, I didn't hear about the Kendrick Perkins thing. Uh, cause I literally, literally do not pay attention to a single word that man says. But I have I have two things on this. One, Brian Windhorst has been looking for some sort of story um, break or something since he got out of his LeBron thing because mm-hmm. he literally contributes nothing to the NBA landscape. He's like a secondary mouthpiece that just goes on TV because he used to get LeBron scoops. He, he funnels know. stuff. He funnels stuff from other reporters, and it's like becomes this feedback cycle of like dudes telling each other stuff. Right. He he's just he's just a mouthpiece. Like he he doesn't contribute anything, and he's worthless. And then Kendrick Perkins, on the other hand, probably just listened. He, either either Brian Windhorst forwarded it to him and said, "Hey, say this," or he just listened to one hundred five three the fan and just repeated what he said. Because Kendrick Perkins, no, nobody likes Kendrick Perkins. Nobody talks to Kendrick Perkins. He's on TV because everybody thinks he's an idiot. It's like uh, a, it's like one of those million dollar uh, ideas. He just he he gets viewers because people like watching him talk like a dumbass. <laughs> and well, it's funny because the three of us under understand how the like i hate to say this and phrase it this way but we've been talking for like an hour and a half now so who cares like there's an element of you know the when creating content there will be opportunities to latch on to things that were kind of said in passing and then turn it into an entire story i mean basketball news like nbc (laughs) basketball news zach levine well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna own that one. But like, uh, you know, basketball, NBC basketball news. Uh, this, this guy Dan Feldman wrote like 300 words as, as uh, yesterday as he grabbed, um, one part of of um Tim McMahon saying, you know, Luka Doncic doesn't like Kristaps Porzingis or something to that that effect on on the on a podcast from Friday, and it was you know one segment snapped out of a bigger part of kind of explaining the Mavericks, you know, his, his sort of understanding and takes on the Mavericks chemistry. And, you know, I get the need to make content and I, I want to give like Perkins the benefit of the doubt, because frankly, when it comes to stirring shit up, the man is a master, 
but you cannot look me in the face and say that Trey Young is the guy that dudes want to play with when Trey Young got his coach fired midseason and dudes were, you know, him and John Collins were at odds with one another in a real way to where there was all sorts of stories about it. And I'm, I'm much more interested in having a discussion about Luka Doncic that's based in some sort of fact. Luka beats the shit out of the ball, but he has to do that because there's no one else to pass to. Now, will Luka still want to do this if they actually give him other guys that can take the burden away from him? I think that's an interesting discussion kind of steeped in basketball. Not, you know, like Luka has... He's been a professional for five years now. Like, there's plenty of copy. Like, people love him. They gravitate to his game because he doesn't seem to say very much. You know, you guys are really good at, at getting, you know, Dallas basketball is always really good about getting, like, post-game quotes and audio. And Luca always defends his teammates and always takes the blame. And so it just, like, it made me mad when he said that people don't like playing with Luca. And, Kirk, I think the biggest example you can look at to say, because like you said, yeah, Luca pounds the ball, but he has to mm-hmm. look at what look at what he did in his first exhibition game with the Slovenian national team. Uh, I think it was last week. He had like seventeen assists, <laughs> and he only, he only scored he only scored like twelve points or something like that. But he had seventeen assists, and a lot of people, or a lot, a couple of people that I follow, uh, they're you know from that area over there, they, you know, they said that 17 assists in Europe, European basketball is a lot. <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent because they, they judge that stuff. You know, what, what, what an assist is overseas. Isn't one of what an assist is in the NBA. They're more strict about that. Like you can't uh-huh. take multiple steps and, you know, five seconds later, the guy scores and they still give you an assist. So, just looking at that, I mean, if you just put more talent around Luca, he he won't be as ball dominant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still with. I mean, he'll he'll still control most of the game, but just give him a guy who he can feel comfortable giving the ball to, and taking some of that pressure off, and he'll be fine. I mean, I, it's it's so overblown, and it just really frustrates me because, I mean, as as good as it was seeing Luca score 46 points in a game seven and he still had 14 assists to go along i mean he's just insane but i mean that's not the kind of player luca wants to be he doesn't want to be a guy who has to score 50 points a game uh to ensure that his team wins in the playoffs and that's just not who he is he would much rather have a more rounded roster and uh, I mean, it's kind of the, the Trey Young thing is funny too because we saw what that front office went out and did uh, last summer. They spent money. They got uh, Danilo Gallinari. They got uh, Bogdanovich from the Kings. Uh, you know, a lot of they traded for uh, Clint Capella last year. I mean, they they really surrounded and they've drafted well too. They surrounded Trey with a really good team. And yeah, Trey is awesome, but he has a better team around him. Like there, and he plays in the East too. There's a reason. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why the Hawks are in the, the Eastern conference finals right now. And it's a combination of a little bit of everything. So, you know, if the Mavs new regime, if they can go out and they can put more help around Luca, like Atlanta did, I mean, you'll see more of what we're seeing, uh, 
you know, with Trey Young and him supposedly getting along better with his teammates. Because like you mentioned, Kirk, that wasn't always the case. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was a lot of issues there before they made a coaching change and ended up getting more talent on the roster. So Yeah, yeah. Matt, do you have any deep thoughts? Well, I mean, my, my only thing about this Luca hogging the ball thing is, I mean, you guys have already kind of talked about it, but, like, who else is going to dribble the ball? Nobody else on the team can dribble the ball. Like, Jalen Brunson can dribble the ball, but he doesn't even do that very well, uh, you know, as compared to any other point guard. So, like, what do you want? <laughs> he he has to do it. He literally is the only one that can do it effectively for long periods of time. That's why this team's biggest need for, for months has been a secondary ball handler because Luca already has to do too much. Like and you look, have to take some away from him. And look, I know people I know people have different opinions on a guy like DeMar DeRozan, for example. But like could you guys imagine if you took a guy like DeRozan and just kind of plugged him in to what Josh Richardson's role was supposed to be, to have been this year or just just take Josh Richardson off the roster and put DeRozan in there. like can you imagine how much better that'd make the team like i, I get it he doesn't shoot Josh threes off the roster completely yeah i mean i mean look i get it I mean, he he doesn't shoot threes and people have an issue with that and his defensive data over the last handful of years has been questionable or really just not good but i mean <sighs> Josh Richardson wasn't giving you anything from the three-point yeah, line sure. either. <laughs> so the volume in itself would have helped, and he's he's good at creating his own shot, and he averaged like seven assists a game. So that that's the kind of guy. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, another superstar, but that that's the kind of guy they need next to Luca, a legitimate option that he can go to and trust. Well, with that in mind, before we get out of here, um, I want to pitch a quick question to you because on your show, which we'll talk about again before we go, you asked me about trade targets. Is there a free agent in your brain right now that you are just latched onto for for either one of you? I, I'm pretty sure I know Dalton's answer, but but you, so with that with that you, in mind, let's go to Matt first, and Dalton, you can maybe think of a new one since you just fall you fall in love. You're 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 that guy. Wait, so we're talking about what here exactly? I'm still a little confused on the criteria here. Give me a free agent that you you specifically want, come hell or high water. A free agent? Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't really looked at the, the free agent stuff lately, but, I mean, there's one guy that I want. I've wanted him for my entire life at this point, <laughs> and that's Gorn Goddard. The, so, I mean, a, I think he, he if he declines his team option or if they decline the option or whatever the, the case is on his contract, then he'll be a free agent. So does that count? It does. And I am in 100% agreement with you. I would love to have him on the team. I really, really would. Because I, I think would, Luca, I think Luca needs someone to tell him to shut the hell up. And I think he might serve that role. Yeah, Drogic, yeah, he would he would definitely be a, a, a great fit. He would have been a great fit two years ago, <laughs> but he'd be a great fit now. But Kirk, I mean, I'm gonna throw two at two at you here. But I mean, would you do you want the pipe dream one or do you want like the the, the more? 
Okay, so the pipe dream one is obviously Kawhi Leonard because we had that Ooh. report. We had that report come out today that you know he's reportedly at odds with the Clippers. Um, uh, injury staff, or what do you got? Medical staff, staff. Yeah, yeah. Because, because of how they, you know, treated this knee injury, which is it sounded very similar to what he went through in San Antonio. So we saw uh, saw that, and then so a Clippers, uh, a very uh, what's the, a credentialed Clippers guy that um, we follow each other and everything. So I sent him a message. I was like, hey, I mean, what what's the deal with this? And he was like, yeah. On the one hand, you, you think it's BS uh, because there hasn't really been any you know real signs of there being an issue there throughout the season. But he was like, on the other hand, you know, nobody in Kawhi's camp is 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 talking to anybody about it, no. <laughs> which in typical fashion. So, given what happened with the San Antonio stuff, there there it creates a doubt there, and it's not something as a Clippers fan you want to hear. Uh, you know, with with him about to, you know, he could decline a player option and be an unrestricted free agent in the next thirty days. So that's definitely not something you want to hear. So, and then you had uh, Skin come out on his show today. Supposedly, this was what I heard, and you know, said something about if if Kawhi did leave uh, the Clippers, that the Mavs would be one of his top three destinations or something like that. Which Ooh, you know, I, I didn't hear that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah that that was a fun one to hear. So. Obviously, that got my uh, my my ten full hat stuff going, and you know I'm really pumped about free agency again. But on a lesser note, uh, I'm really intrigued with either Rashawn Holmes or uh, Ger- Jared Allen with Cleveland. More so, Rashawn Holmes because he's unrestricted. Sure. Uh, Jared Allen. I mean, he'd be a great fit too. But you know, they they traded. Uh, they traded away a first round pick to get him and he's restricted and they can match anything. So it'd have to be like a sign and trade of some time, some kind, if, if you were going to do that, but Rashawn Holmes, he's unrestricted. He's really good. You know, if you create the money to sign him, then, you know, you can do it fairly easily. Uh, no strings attached. Like if you, like you would with Allen and restricted free agency. So sure. that would be, that would be my other two. My big pipe dream is Kawhi. My smaller ones are uh, Allen and Holmes just to, you know, upgrade the front court. I've decided that I, I, I've yet to pick a player that I'm lusting after, but you know, we had our newer contributor, Joe Holbert. And I think Grant on your staff would probably agree with this assessment that the Mavericks need to figure out if they want to commit money to a big or to a guard or to like a ball handler, like another, like a secondary playmaker option. And I, I think that they need a playmaker option more than they need a big. And so, so like you, your post about, you know, Kyle Lowry, uh, Dallas basketball post about Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan was kind of interesting. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to latch on to an older guard just to bring something to the table. Cause you watch what Chris Paul has done with the Suns and, that just has to matter. Just has to matter. So that's that's where my brain is at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I would love to do something like that double that that double get mm-hmm. of uh, Lowry and DeRozan, but you know the 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 front court depth free agency approach. I think that's going to be a situation where, like, if they do end up keeping Tim Hardaway Jr. and they end up having to trade other pieces, you know, trade KP or whatever to create space to 
to sign those other front court guys. But ideally, you're right. I mean, they, they need to prioritize a secondary ball handler who can get his own shot. Well, gents, this has been wonderful as always. Uh, I recommend everybody that hasn't go to the Dallas Step Back podcast. They post and do some fun interviews and talk about a lot of stuff that I just am too cowardly to to even approach, mainly because Dalton um, Dalton just thinks in an expansive way, and then Matt kind of will will do the thing that I do, which is like really Dalton. But we have fun. We enjoy talking basketball. The three of us talk basketball in in dms just about all day long uh matt has to cover like nine other uh uh, websites so sometimes he comes (laughs) back to like 50 50 or 60 dms and he's like what is this garbage um this has been great you guys need to to go find the step back mavs podcast and subscribe to it the first episode that we did here was on that feed uh and and we had a lot of fun and do you guys have anything uh else before we get out of here that's it for me. Uh, I appreciate you having us on as always. And I mean, we really don't do this as, as often as we should, because literally every time we do it, we end up having a blast. So, but you know, life, life gets mm. in the way, work gets in the way. So, but it was great having, uh, having you on ours and then coming on yours again. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. I, uh, I always have a good time when the three of us get together, so we should do it again soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Let's go Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd era, I guess. Man, maybe maybe we'll have like a five-day period where there isn't any news and we have to start kind of pulling content out of our asses. Um, I've got some fun ideas that, that I'm going to bounce off you guys later. All right, folks, this has been Kirk Henderson on the Mavs Moneyball Podcast, which you should subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, feel free to, to toss me any questions you might have. Uh, you know, the, we have a fair, fair amount of content coming um an interesting post Whoop. dalton quit uh we have a fair amount of things going on with the site um i'm just shocked that there's this much news going on uh but it's it's been fun covering the mavs because basketball is happening all the time uh again we'll talk to you guys in a few days thanks so much for hanging out